Hello, and welcome to another episode of Parenting Counterintuitively. We're your hosts, Tammy and Josh Stevens. Welcome. So we just want to um, give you a little background about ourselves if you haven't been listening to our episodes yet. We have three adult uh, children now have kind of been launched, and we wanted to just take some of our experiences that we have found over the years to share with you in, in this type of a podcast. And uh, we're not perfect, and we just really enjoy sharing with you some of the takeaways, but a little more uniquely with the counterintuitive spin on it. So anyways, just want to share with you some fun things, and uh, you'll we've learned some hard things along the way, and uh, we're just excited to share with you today. So and today we're going to be talking about when your kids come to you with a problem, don't help them solve it. So stay tuned to what that one is going to unfold. Yeah, before we get started, though, and uh, kind of bring that counterintuitive concept uh, around full circle, we want to uh, just kind of give you a disclaimer like we usually do. This is not the foundations of parenting. These are counterintuitive concepts, that, uh, but there are lots of intuitive concepts like uh, loving your kids, providing for your kids, a lot of things that, that parents need to do. And if you need that, then you need to go someplace else. So stop listening here. Go talk to uh, the Focus on the Family, or uh, there's a podcast that I like from a guy that uh, it's called Let's Parent on Purpose, and you can check him out. But um, this is for um, a little bit more advanced, a little bit more strategic parenting and thinking. We want to challenge that thinking that you might have as a parent and encourage intentionality and challenge what might seem intuitive but uh, you might need to, to challenge that and think differently. So as I mentioned, today's topic, when your kids come to you with a problem, don't help solve help, don't help them solve it. All right, but aren't we supposed to help our kids solve their problems? How are they going to function if their problems don't get solved? I mean, if a, one of the kids comes to me and says that her brother took her toy away, shouldn't I intervene and teach them to share? Well, we do need to help our kids with problem solving, but we need to start at an onset with an explanation that they're going to need to learn to solve their own problems. Eventually, you know, we're, we're not going to be there for them to run to. And so the sooner that they can learn to communicate and negotiate, the more prepared that they're going to be for that adulthood that we're really striving to, to gear them toward. In your example about the stolen toy, our first reaction should not be to intervene, but to ask her, the, the person that's coming to you, what she's already done to remedy the situation herself. You really, you know, you should ask if she's asked the other child politely to return the toy. So it's really about collaboration and communication. It's about teaching our kids that they have a lot more influence and power than they realize. I mean, we're bigger, we're stronger. We wield power through positional authority, so there's a natural tendency for them to come to us for a resolution to a problem rather than try to work it out on their own. Yeah, and to build on that, as we always say, it's about equipping them to become successful adults. And this is the key skill that we see even a lot of adults just really are lacking. So for an example, if your neighbor who doesn't take care of their lawn you know, is it better for you to go over and have that conversation and see how you might be able to help? Or is it better to call the America or the uh, homeowners association or the police? Yeah, and one of the side benefits of this strategy is that it's easier too. 
rather than having to stop what I'm doing and go adjudicate a situation between siblings or friends, I can encourage them to solve it and offer to intervene if what I suggest doesn't work. So building even more on the stolen toy example, if I can tell my daughter that she needs to ask politely for the toy back and that she should consider making a plan to share the toy when she's done with it, then I can also delegate a bit of authority to her by saying that after communicating that with her brother, if it doesn't work, she can let him know that I'll back her up if it's still an issue. And what we found is the vast majority of the time when she goes back and says, Dad said I had to come back and ask nicely, and that if you don't give it back, you'll have to deal with him. He's quite likely to comply. Again, a side benefit is that once it gets established, we get them coming to us far less frequently, and who doesn't want to have fewer interruptions by whining kids? To build on that, we need to emphasize that consistency is key here for the fewer and fewer times that you do have to intervene. It's important to be consistent so that they know exactly what to expect. It takes time. It'll, uh, it'll take time to ask, did you ask him nicely? Before she's catching on that she probably asked nicely. She should ask nicely before coming to, um, for to you as a parent. It'll take a few times of asking the other child when you do intervene, did she ask you nicely to return the toy? before he realizes that when he hears a polite request from his sister, he'd better comply before dad comes down like a ton of bricks. And because of that consistency, we have very rarely had to bring the hammer down. And they got pretty good at working out their own problems. As a matter of fact, this topic uh, that we're talking about today is one of the ones that our kids have recognized as an intentional strategy. And the oldest has implemented this strategy with their own kids. Some of our counterintuitive strategies that we use for this podcast haven't been so clear, like the one about our rule to not bleed on the carpet. That's going to be another episode in the future, so I won't unpack it here, but talking to our youngest about that, she exclaimed, really? I thought it really was about the carpet. But this one, she implements already in her work as a preschool teacher, and as I mentioned, her older sister implements it with her kids. And we happen to have one of those kids as our guest speaker today. It's our granddaughter, Liz, who has graciously agreed to join us and provide some examples from her perspective. So thanks, Liz, for joining us. Pleasure to be here. So Liz, tell us, uh, our listeners, a bit about yourself. How old are you? What grade are you in? How many siblings do you have? Um, my name is Liz, and I am 14, and I'm in ninth grade, and I have three wonderful brothers. Wow, that's that's a lot to say. You have three wonderful brothers. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. So um, I'm guessing that uh, at some point you may have had conflict with, with these brothers? Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> So can you give us an example of a specific conflict? I mean, you've heard us talking so far about the concept of asking nicely before you come to mom and dad. Um, so first of all, are we correct? Do they implement something similar at your house? And uh, if so, can you think of an example recently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mom stresses quite a bit that before you come to her complaining about what Evan or Aiden does to you, you have to talk to them first. Um Recently, Aiden has just been coming into my room without asking, 
and it's been driving me up the wall. And I went to mom, and then before I said anything, I realized, hey, I should talk to him about it first. Um, it's just kind of a habit now that we do without thinking about it. So what was the result of that, having gone to him? Um, well, we made an agreement that if I want to come in, into his room whenever I feel like it, he can come into mine whenever I feel like it. But he has been asking more often if he can come in. So you think coming up with that particular agreement that you find less tension between you guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so in that specific case, did you end up going and talking to mom about it? No, I didn't need to. Well, that's awesome. When you do have to go to her, if it doesn't work out quite that way and you guys can't work it out yourselves, if you go talk to her, what is kind of one of the first things that she asks you? Did you ask him and talk to him about it first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So since you know she's going to ask that, it sounds like you you do that ahead of time without having her to ask, right? So when you talk to her, you always say, yep, this is what I told him? Or... Yeah, usually when she asks... Um, did you talk to him about it first? You're like, yep, I said, Aiden, please stop coming to my room without asking. I'd prefer if you just ask, and he continued to do that, and so now I'm here asking you for help. So after you have that interaction with her and she goes and talks to Aiden, what, what's, how does that interaction start off between her and him? Uh, well, usually it's, Aiden, did your sister ask you if uh, you can stop coming into her room without asking first? And he goes, oh, yeah, she did. And then she's like, so are you going to fix that? Like, yep, sorry, Mom. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really good point that uh, we didn't think about as we were preparing this episode, but I think that's a really good point that you make there about it kind of diffuses the conflict quite a bit too because everybody knows what's going on at that point. So you've already talked, you are upset, and you've talked to Aiden. You couldn't resolve it necessarily, so you came to Mom. She's communicating with you and saying, hey, did you ask him first? You explain with detail, yep, this is what I said. You go. She goes to him and says, hey, did she say this? And he thinks about it and says, well, yep. So there's no he said, she said kind of argument then. She's got to say to him, well, what are you going to do about it? And then there's not really a ton of bricks that has to come down, right? Correct. That's, that's a good point. Thank you. So as always... These concepts are not just something that we made up, usually. <laughs> you can tell the bad ones are the ones that we made up. So we'll, we'll probably have an episode or two of uh, things that we tried that didn't work. But uh, this is one that does. And uh, all these ones that do work tend to be founded on good biblical principles. And there's no exception today. And the biblical principle here we take out of Matthew chapter 18, um, verses 15 through 17 Say, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter will be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So that's taking it to authority, and they come down like a ton of bricks. But first, try to work it out yourself. Yeah, and so the other thing we really like to do with each of these podcasts is uh, give everybody who's listening some practical takeaways. And as you heard Liz um, give her story, you, you could hear from somebody who's been um, 
our our children implemented it into her children, and now she's one of the products of recognizing that and um, on her way to being equipped to be that successful adult as she manages and uh, learns how to communicate better. So the next time that your kid comes to you with a conflict, ask them what they've done to try to resolve it politely themselves and work from there. Yeah, and it applies to an only child as well. So we all of our examples were siblings because we have a lot of experience with that. But if you have a, a only child, they're going to have conflict, and you need to teach them how to deal with that. And that conflict can be with friends. It can be with um, maybe even people in authority, a, a conflict between a student and a teacher. So next time your child comes home and says, hey, my teacher wasn't fair to me today because he gave me a bad grade or he did whatever the thing is, say, well, how have you communicated with that person? And help them to resolve their own conflicts so you don't have to get involved every time. Yeah, so if you like what you heard today, we just encourage you to share with others, to implement it into your own parenting skills, um, and uh, maybe even into your own work atmosphere. Yep, and uh, we, of course, encourage you to subscribe and to comment wherever you consume podcast content. Share it with your friends. You can find us uh, at ParentingCI.com or ParentingCI at Facebook or on Instagram as well with ParentingCI. And uh, we'd just love to uh, to have you hear us uh, every single month as we bring new content and uh, are able to share this with more and more people. And always, as we always say, it's not about having good kids. It's about equipping them to become successful adults. <laughs>